TII item 335, January 26, 2015. Kansas loves iPhones. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song called Lighthouse with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Tosin for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tosin wrote, Hi, Rob. I've never done this before, but I came across this app the other day and was messing around with it. And then this idea occurred to me. I've used the Waterlog app to convert the real-life photo I got from the Pimp Your Screen app on my iPhone into a water painting and then annotated with the Evernote Sketch app on my iPad. I'm sure you've got artwork lined up on your next episode, but just in case, here's one you could use. Regards, Tosin O, Hockley Heath, UK. Well, Tosin, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Tosin's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 335. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Apple has become a value trap. This is a company with no growth and profit margins that are way too high versus the competition. Unquote. Doug Cass, Seabreeze Partners Management, 17th September 2013. Well, Dougie, that value trap, as you called it on September 17th, 2013, was priced at $65 a share. It is now at over $113 a share. Yeah, I can see how 75% growth is a value trap. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 334, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Latito, L-I-T-O-D-O. We will have those promo codes to give out later this week. For more info on the app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 334. This week, we have promo codes for the app BVS Solitaire Collection. Here's the written review from the dev. Hi, Rob. I'm a developer of the BVS Solitaire Collection. I have been developing Solitaire card games for Windows and Mac OS since 1996. Windows version gained popularity and was even featured in a movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with Daniel Craig, 
Today, I would like to introduce the iOS version of the BBS Solitaire Collection. It is a multi-featured set of 224 Solitaire card games, and it provides you with endless hours of gaming fun. All your old-time favorites are included, such as Spider, Free Cell, Pyramid, etc. It also includes a lot of unique variations not found elsewhere. The app also allows you to modify rules of almost any of the included games, thus creating your own solitaire variations. The app can be played in both portrait and landscape modes, and it features excellent high-quality card sets and backgrounds. BVS Solitaire Collection is a solitaire game done right. Well, thanks to the dev for their review of their app, BVS Solitaire Collection, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put BVS in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Little heads up, today's episode audio quality might be a little off from normal because I am doing this one remotely, actually recording from my parents' house during the blizzard of 2015 on Long Island, and I am using the ATR2100 mic from Audio Technica rather than my normal Yeti, but I'm doing this one remote sitting here on a bed actually have my laptop propped up on a uh, my suitcase i have a cardboard box for my stand for my mouse but anyway i do apologize for any issues with the audio on this one and a quick thank you to all that nominated today in ios for the podcast awards for those that have not please go to the podcastawards.com so podcastawards.com and for the technology section nominate today in ios for the podcast name and todayinios.com for the website underneath technologies again. And well, thank you so much for helping get this show nominated. We'll talk a little more about this at the end of today's episode. If you live in Alaska, Hawaii, Montana, Kansas, Mississippi, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Vermont, and Massachusetts, when you look around, it may seem like most people have an iPhone. And you know what? You'd be right. Those are the states with 55 to 65% iPhone traffic or percentage of traffic on the web from iPhones, according to Chiktika. At least that is the percent of users causing traffic with apps that use Chiktika's ad module. According to those that put together the report, quote, our analysis does point towards state level evidence on factors affecting iPhone usage rates iPhone usage shares are positively correlated with level of education and population density at the state level, unquote. So basically what they said is if you're more educated and you make more money and there's a lot more people around, which doesn't make sense when you say Montana and Kansas, but anyway, if you make more money and you're more educated, well, you're more likely to have an iPhone. What they did not say or mention was what about the correlation between states with AT&T customers and iPhone users compared. I'm guessing there is still some influence per AT&T and iPhone users, at least where AT&T was more popular a few years ago. Interesting, uh, the report covered percent of iPhone use. The lowest group was 
40 to 44%, meaning worst case, you're looking at 40% iPhone penetration or as a percent of share in any given state. On the highest side or the highest end, it is 65%. Still saying iPhone usage varies between 40 and 65% in the US, depending on your state, is pretty impressive. So much uh, for that myth that Android is killing it in the U.S., at least. Thanks to Myron for the heads up on this next one. And I want you to really think about this next one, which is the news that in 2014, there was more revenue generated for iOS apps than there was for Hollywood's U.S. box office ticket revenue. Seven years ago, there was zero revenue. It was not until the middle of 2008 that the App Store from Apple came about. Apple has created an incredible app economy. And the best thing is the devs are not forced to all be in Hollywood or cities right around it. You can be an app dev in any city, town, hamlet, or just ranch or wherever that you want to be in the world. As long as you have electricity and a connection to the internet, you're golden. In the U.S. alone, Apple estimates there are 627,000 jobs that have been created for this app ecosystem. It has been amazing to watch all this unfold, especially if you have a chance to go back and listen to some of the older episodes of TII from 2007, where Apple did not want an app store. They were pushing for HTML and web apps. And if you do listen to those older episodes, you will hear me pushing for allowing for native apps prior to Apple actually giving in and allowing it. Apple truly has those early jailbreakers to thank for this part of the Apple ecosystem. And it is really one of the most important pieces of the Apple ecosystem. Again, in under seven years, app revenue was greater by a wide margin than Hollywood's US box office revenue. To me, that is just amazing, mind-blowing, and well, wonderful as well. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which is that 15 more banks have signed on to support Apple Pay. And with one breath, they are A plus Federal Credit Union, Amergee Bank of Texas, America First Credit Union, Beth Page Federal Credit Union, California Bank and Trust, Connex Credit Union, Golden West FCU, Huntington Bank, Key Point Credit Union, Meyer Credit Union, National Bank of Arizona, Nevada State Bank, the Bank of Green County, Vectra Bank, Zion's First National Bank. That brings to over 50 different banks and financial institutions that support Apple Pay. Link to the full list in the show notes, but reality was Apple Pay was already supported by the biggest banks and with the most users, but still, if yours was one of the 15 I just listed, it was good news for you. There is a new app slash service I must mention on this show. It is called Be My Eyes. Thanks to all that sent in links on this one. In a nutshell, what this is is an app where a sight-impaired user requests help seeing what is around them. A sighted user then replies to that request and describes what they see being video streamed from the requester's phone. Maybe they're looking for the ingredients of a food item they're about to purchase, or maybe they're looking for the expiration date of said product, or maybe to confirm they were just given back the right amount of change, or maybe it's just to help them locate something they dropped or get their bearings or even to confirm that the person they met at a social event looks the age they said they were. 
there are lots of opportunities for you to be helped by this app or to help someone with this app. And who knows, you might even make a new virtual friend. Initial reports are that so many people have signed up to help that there was uh, no shortage and it was actually bringing down their servers. But that is now while it is hot in the news. But later on, hard to say if that will keep up. Hopefully it does. But if not, I am curious to know if you help X amount of people and you are in high school, if those hours of help would count towards a community volunteer service. If any officials from a high school could look into this, that would be really appreciated because I would love to say, hey, teenagers looking for some community hours to help on their resume, use this app, register and log so many hours and that helps out and it's a win-win for everyone. Again, the website is bemyeyes.org, as in B-E-M-Y-E-Y-E-S.org. Thanks for no funky spelling to the devs on this. Right now, this is just for iOS, but if you are listening to this, that is probably not an issue. And now a word from today's sponsor. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to Linda at lynda.com slash TII. Linda is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,100 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All of their courses are taught by experts and new courses are added to the site every week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, find a new job, or improve upon your current job skills in 2015, Linda has something for everyone. Sign up for your free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com TII, and you'll get unlimited access to every course at Linda, access to view tutorials on iOS devices, access to new courses added every week. Some of the courses and videos you might like, Getting Things Done by David Allen, Helping You Get More Productive, Small Business Secrets with Dave Crenshaw, Gamification of Learning with Carl Kapp, Business Writing Fundamentals with Judy Steiner-Williams, and one of the courses that I tried recently and love is Keynote 6 Essential Training with David Rivers. This has helped me since updating from Keynote 4. Lots of new features to discover there. Do yourself something good in 2015 and sign up for free for 10 days to Linda by visiting lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. Hi, Rob. This is Rick from East Haven, Connecticut, a longtime listener of the show. Uh, the reason why I'm calling on item 333, there was a blind caller on there that was looking for tips and help with maybe some of the voiceover and accessibility features. Seeing that I'm legally blind, I would gladly help. So I will call back and leave the number for him or anybody else that can use some help with that. I'm pretty adept at using voiceover. And thanks again for all your help for people with uh, disabilities, especially the visual stuff. You do a great job. Thanks again, Rob. Bye. Rick, thanks for your offer there. And again, for anyone that would like some help, Rick is volunteering. Just email me todayinios at gmail.com. That's todayinios at gmail.com. And I will send you the information to contact Rick. Hi, Rob. For the caller asking about the alarm clock in the headphones, my advice would be to look for a music slash podcast app that has wake up to feature. 
preferably a podcast type app where you have a file downloaded and not dependent on a data signal. Regards, Mike R. Hello, Rob. Just been listening to the latest podcast, episode 334. Someone started, stated that voiceover is unusable on the Mac. I disagree with this. I have been using voiceover on a 21-inch iMac for the last two years since switching from Windows. No screen reader is perfect, in my opinion, although voiceover is pretty darn good. I purchased the iMac after using an iPhone since version 4. Had a 5, now have a 6. Very happy with all Apple products, including the iPad Air. Regards, Max. Now, Rob, per the caller on the last episode, 334, who wanted to put her apps in alphabetical order, there is a way to do this. Go to Settings, General, Reset, Reset Home Screen Layout. The stock apps will appear in their factory default locations. The other apps will now appear in alphabetical order on the other screens. One important thing to be aware of is if you have created folders, doing this will remove them. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Steve, thanks so much for that answer and tip. Very good idea there. Hi, Rob. Per the item 334 caller question regarding an iOS 8 jailbreak tweak which makes searching through numerous apps quicker, i.e. alphabetical, favorites, and recent lists. Try Searchlight from the Cydia App Store. That's Searchlight, one word, which will run you $1.99, and it's from the Big Boss repository. This tweak adds much more functionality to Spotlight Search. As mentioned above, Searchlight alphabetically lists all of your apps and allows the user to pick and choose a separate list of commonly used apps there are also some alternatives such as Smart Search, but the app list are not as extensive. Regards, Mark H. Well, Mark, thank you for that answer for using jailbreak apps to do that as well. Hi, Rob. Just chiming in about your stance on the refund policy in the EU. While I can understand your position from an economic point of view and agree with that part of it, I disagree with the part that Apple should fight this. If anything good comes out of this, it is that blind people who use voiceover can move freely, try apps, and don't have to rely on good-hearted Apple person or lengthy process to get our money back when an unresponsive developer is afoot. Note the qualifiers there. I'll buy apps at a dollar or so, but $10 sight unseen is a bit much for a poor college student. I also try hard, very hard to communicate with developers or get the word out. So for voiceover users, the hassle-free refund policy is a good thing. Here's hoping they allow it in the States. Also for the blind person wanting to learn voiceover, I recommend, along with whomever he might encounter at the Apple Store, uh, these two sites, uh, Mac for the Blind, that's Mac, F-O-R, T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D.com, MacfortheBlind.com. It's a good site for getting tips and tricks as well as useful links to Apple's own documentation. John, the person who runs the site, I believe, does training on an individual basis, but you will have to contact him for further details. Another great repository for apps, forums, podcast demos, and just good old-fashioned people helping people out is Apple Viz at appleviz.com. 
Hope this helps a DC listener out. Regards, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, thanks. I guess my biggest issue with the EU is the way that the laws and rules were written. And if anybody can return for any reason with no limit, that will just completely break the whole electronic media world. And more than just apps, it will really ruin it for movies where any download is refundable, including a movie download. You watch the movie, return it, and it's basically like you rented it for free because most people don't watch movies multiple times. So there are some big issues. And if it really does hurt the app economy and developers, that's a bad thing overall for everyone. Now, the best thing you can do is let the developers know, like you said, that their apps aren't voiceover friendly. And uh, hopefully the developers, the smart ones at least, will get behind that. But forcing all the developers not to be able to recoup any revenue because anyone at any time could return, and that was my concern, anyone, anytime could return all the apps that they purchased. And by the way, there was that bug that, kept allowing you to use them over and over and over, even after you're canceled. That's a bad thing, and I just don't want to see consumers hurt with a ruling that was meant to help, but oftentimes EU laws that mean to help people often hurt business. And if you hurt business bad enough to the point where they're making no money on something, then they just pull all their content and basically they take their ball and go home. And then that ultimately hurts the consumers that they were trying to help. And that was my biggest concern, that all of this at the end of the day may actually hurt the consumers more than it helps them. We are now over 1,800 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined in and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out and was a very nice tip. That one came from Francisco Tapia. If you are in the Safari app, you can find past closed tabs. To do this, in the lower right, tap on the double square. That's the one that shows the open tabs. Then tap and hold. Tap and hold on the big plus button that's at the bottom center. It will then show you a list of recently closed tabs. Thanks, Francisco, for that tip. And since that last episode... There were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android Boys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 1,800 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Thanks to Steve from Brisbane for the heads up on this next one, which is that Apple has added a new free on iTunes section to iTunes on your iOS device and also on the desktop version. So to check this one out, I had to go find the folder I had on iTunes hidden on in my iOS device. But once I found it and launched it, yep, there it was, a new free on iTunes featured button in the middle of the screen. And in there, I could see free songs and free full-length TV episodes and well, free songs and free full-length TV episodes. Sorry, no free movies. But hey, you can get the first episode of 12 Monkeys for free if you missed it. Well, I am kind of a little bit of a quandary on that one. As I put the original Terry Gillum, 12 Monkeys, it's one of my top 10 movies of all time. It really has, 
don't know. It was really a great movie, and I'm just I'm afraid to watch the television version for fear it's going to ruin my thought process and feelings about the original movie. Oh well, the woes of a nerd. A lot of reports came out this past week about Apple Watch battery life, or if the reports are true, lack thereof. Okay, let's go over what some of those reported numbers from sources in the know are saying. Apple was wanting the following specs. Four days, that is the length of time it left in the sleeping mode. Three days of pure standby mode. 19 hours of combined active and passive use and two and a half to four hours of battery life for active application use. Those sources, however, are saying that Apple will only likely achieve approximately two to three days in either standby or low power modes. With the watch face showing constantly, just the watch face showing constantly, and nothing else going on, they're saying Apple is getting three hours of battery life, and they're getting two and a half hours of heavy application use like gameplay. And finally, for what the uh, when it's watching fitness tracking software, Apple is targeting four hours of straight exercise tracking. Again, this is all from unnamed sources in the know, so take it for what it's worth, which may be nothing. Here's my prediction. Since Apple rumors on this has been pretty widely reported, and in the past, when something like this has come up, Apple has made announcements right after quarterly calls. I am predicting that Wednesday or Thursday of this week, we'll hear something from Apple with regards to Apple Watch. And at that time, there would be more specs released. Now, either Apple will release this Thursday and Friday officially, or you'll see it through Recode or you know one of their trusted sources. Thanks to Tash and a few others for this next one, which is per another rumor that seems to be heating up as of late. And that is the 12.9 inch iPad Pro rumor along with the Apple stylus. So Apple introducing a, their own stylus. Now note, this latest round of rumors is coming from Apple analyst Ming-Chi Kao. And he's of KGI Securities, whom has a much better track record of getting rumors right. That said, you need to understand much better is still in the neighborhood of a good major league batter, i.e. in the 30 to 40% range. What is the difference uh, of the Apple stylus, say, versus the one you get at the dollar store? Well, Apple's is going to cost a lot more than a dollar, and it will have a gyroscope built in to support 3D handwriting, which I am sure will look great on a 2D iPad Pro. Anyway, this is not something that will come with the iPad Pro, but something you buy as an accessory for the iPad Pro. This would be something charged via the lightning port of your iPad and probably connected right to it while you're using it. And he is also saying the iPad Pro would finally offer split screen on an iPad. If this sounds like wetting your finger and putting it up to see which way the wind is blowing, you'd most likely be correct. But then again... Ming-Chi does have a better record than most when using that method. Thanks to Myron for this next one, with this next one being of interest for those of you that, well, you know, booked a plane ticket for Sunday night or agreed to go to your niece's musical or, in the case of my father a few years ago, was dragged off to a musical in New York during Super Bowl Sunday. 
Yeah, for all of you that will be out and about during the Super Bowl, NBC has your back. If you have an iOS device, that is, as NBC will allow you to stream the Super Bowl even without a cable account. Heck, you will even be treated to what will seem like endless hours of pregame coverage starting at noon Eastern time on Sunday the 1st. This is all via the NBC Sports Live Extras app. And again, this is a totally free to any iOS owner app and access. If you are not an iOS owner, say you're an Android owner, well, then you might feel a little deflated come Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I had to get that joke in there. Come on, give me some cred. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one, which we'll file under Shocker. And it relates to the Microsoft Surface tablet that has sang and danced and clicked its way into the hearts of, well, basically no one. Remember the first gen Surface that was called the Surface RT? Yeah, um, that's the one that Microsoft wrote off $900 million worth of tablets on. Yeah. Now, don't get this confused with Microsoft Surface Pro. That is the one that runs real Windows. No word yet on what level the write-off will be on this one, just that basically they are no longer selling new ones on their store, or, well, they are also showing them out of stock um, with their retail partner, Best Buy. And Microsoft had their quarterly conference call today, and it was not all bad news. They had $26.5 billion in revenue last quarter. That's up 8% from the same quarter a year earlier. And just a, a tiny fraction of a percent above what the analysts were thinking. They sold 10 million phones, which sounds good until you see they had an ASP of $230 versus the ASP of iPhones, which is north of $600. And Microsoft did confirm it is no longer selling the Surface 2, so you can officially stick a fork in it right next to the, all the other forks that unofficially were stuck in it over the past year. Microsoft is now only selling the Surface Pro 3, which makes sense as it's the best-selling feature on that is that it runs Windows, not some non-compatible version of Windows. How did Wall Street react to the conference call? Well, the stock was down 4 to 5% in aftermarket trading. That said, I can remember quite a few times when Apple had what I thought was a grand slam quarterly report, only to see the stock drop 4% or so um, in aftermarket trading as well. So Wall Street's not always right. To me, though, the takeaway from their quarterly report uh, the ASP of $230 for their phones, ouch, versus Apple's ASPs, which again, are not just north of $600, they're well north of $600 and probably will be well north of $700 tomorrow when Apple does their quarterly report. More on that on the next episode. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I was listening to the podcast today and you asked if anyone had the R79 case. I purchased the case. My overall impression is that it does give a better signal, but only slightly better. I set my iPhone to field test mode so I could get a numeric value for the signal rather than the three or four bars. I noticed before I put the case on that I saw around minus 110 dB. After putting the case on, it was consistently 
at around minus 100 dB. I have done some experiments with taking the case on and off and consistently see about a 10 dB signal improvement. I got the case because where I work, I have a great signal, but when I'm home, not so much. There are some places in the house where I have to go to talk on the phone. With the case, I haven't had noticed that having to do that anymore. But I'm not a very heavy phone user at home, so can't comment if it would be enough for most people. Aside from the signal strength, I think the case is a decent case in itself. It seems to be well made, and I like how the bottom is cut out so I don't interfere with various non-Apple lightning or dock connectors. Overall, I think it's a little expensive for a case, but not tremendously expensive. It's not a magic cure for really low signals, but if you are right on the edge in some specific areas, it might help. Regards, Todd S. Back to Imovic. Hi, Rob. I wanted to let you know that I received my Acme Made charge case that you mentioned on TII a bunch of episodes ago. I backed the project at the $55 level, which gave me two cases. Last month, they sent an update which said to watch for early delivery. Originally, they were scheduled for late March. Today, when I arrived home, both cases, one for my wife's 6 and one for my 6 Plus, were in the package. The cases look good, and with the lightning charge cord tucked in the kickstand, good quality with a tight fit on the phone. The buttons are open for the original feel, and just hit a hint of gold is visible at the top and bottom. Thanks for the recommendation of this project. They came through unlike other projects which have yet to be delivered. Can you say SOS charger? One observation, the side ridge isn't deep enough to protect it from a face drop. Users will have to be aware of that. Regards, Peter and Austin. Thanks, Peter. And again, that was the case that had a kickstand, and inside the kickstand on the back of the case was a lightning to USB cable so that you had your cable, charge cable, with you at all times. Hey, Rob and everyone. This is Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. Uh, just giving you some feedback on an Indiegogo campaign uh, that, uh, Rob, you mentioned back in the fall that I contributed to. This was for a car mount from Radmo, R as in Robert, A as in Adam, D as in David, M as in Mary, O. They went up in the fall. Uh, I think my contribution was about 23 bucks. This is for a car mount for your phone. And unlike many of the others that go on the windshield, this one actually slots into the CD player on your car. You know, like I said, the campaign was in the fall. Uh, I just got mine, I'd say, about a week, maybe 10 days ago. So I've had a chance to use it, and I'm pretty pleased with it. Not perfect. You know, the uh, plastic on it's a little bit less quality than I maybe had hoped. Not that it's bad in any way, shape, or form. I'm very pleased with it for my 22 or 23 bucks uh, that I gave. They do have a couple of other option levels where you can get uh, a mount that'll hold like two phones or even an iPad, one large enough to do that. So it's a pretty innovative idea, and it was a good experience in terms of uh, they kept me notified on uh, when they'd likely be shipping. They were only a couple of weeks late on that. And it came here pretty timely. So overall, I've been pleased. And if you're looking for a car mount, pretty short money, worked pretty good. Uh, just do a Google search on them. Uh, they do have a website up, but if you want to still order, it actually redirects to their Indiegogo. So apparently they're still running that as far as orders go. But there's a nice two-minute video up there on uh, how it works. 
Appreciate the podcast as always, Rob. Take care. Kevin, thanks for the feedback on your Indiegogo project, Radmo. And folks, if you have any Indiegogo or Kickstarter projects that you've received that you heard about on the show, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and let us know about your project. Was it good, bad? Come on time. Was it late? Was it even early? I'd love to hear about that. Thanks. And speaking of Kickstarter and Indiegogo projects, we have a Kickstarter project to talk about right now. And I had a couple of listeners email in that they were supporting this next one, which is called Vicora. And the Vicora screen, and it's spelled V-I-K-A-U-R-A. Quote, Vicora lets you, friends and family, drive images and information out of your phone and into your world. No wires, unquote. First off, this one has until February 3rd at 12.57 p.m. Central Time to get funded, and it ain't there yet, as it only has 90K towards a goal of 125K. Essentially, this is an e-ink screen you can wirelessly push an image to. They are offering up a 4-inch version at $99, a 6-inch version at $129, and a 9.7-inch version for $199. Yes, there is more to it than that, as they claim the battery life for their device lasts, quote, for years on its battery, unquote. It does look cool, but $199 cool? I'm not sure. And neither are most others, as again, they are a bit short of hitting their goal. If they do hit their goal, for those that funded it, I would really be interested to hear your thoughts when you get it. For all others interested in this project, search for V-I-K-A-U-R-A, that's Vicora, at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 335. Hi, Rob. If I have the Legion meter, wouldn't the sonic cable be the same but slower? Regards, Michael. And what Michael is talking about is the sonic cable, spelled S-O-N-I-C-A-B-L-E, one word, which is at Indiegogo.com right now and has raised over $230,000 towards a goal of just $10,000. So they're well over their goal. The folks behind this one are touting it as the world's most advanced charging cable. Pricing on it is $27. And what they are claiming is that you can charge your device fully in half the time as normal which, yes, is something that the Legion Meter claims as well. And like the Legion Meter, it has two modes. One mode is where it is like a standard USB to lightning cable, allowing you to charge and sync your device. But on the other mode, it is focused just on power, and the sync and data is disabled. And all you can do is charge, but at a faster rate. They claim the following features for the cable. Dual-sided USB, aluminum connectors, a tangle-free cable with strong and durable construction. And they are also claiming the MFI, made for iPhone designation as well. You can get two for $49 or five for $110 and it's uh, $27 for the basic one, as I mentioned already. Search for Sonic Cable at Indiegogo 
or in the show notes for episode 335. And if you're searching in Indiegogo, it's spelled S-O-N-I-C-A-B-L-E. Per, is this slower or faster than the Legion meter? I think the Legion meter claimed charging a little faster than 2X, but honestly, with my devices, I never did see that, and I just use my Legion meter mostly to make sure I'm actually charging my Pebble now, or when I'm curious about how much current draw or watts I'm getting on charging some of the other devices. But on the Pebble, uh, it shows 0.08 milliamp charge. Um, That's all the Pebble draws, and that Legion meter is nice in letting me know it's actually charging. I get lots and lots and lots of emails from devs promoting their apps, most of them free and almost none of which I have time to check out. But every so often, something will catch my eye. And uh, I'll think maybe that one has potential. And this week, I saw and downloaded one of them. The app is called Click the Number. It is a simple game where you are presented with a few numbers and you need to tap on the one listed above. You tap the correct one, and then the next screen, there are more numbers, and so on. And you have just a few seconds to locate the right number, and later on in the game, the right symbol or letter. It is simple and helps exercise your mind, and it is free, but it's not easy. Um, The app itself is called Click the Number, and it is one I will be getting the kids to play as well, especially the six-year-old that needs an app like this for him to recognize numbers. Oh, and if you are an app dev and have a free app, the best way to get it featured on the show is to send me a 60 second or less review of your app for me to play. Again, most that just send in a link never get mentioned on the show, but any that send in an audio review uh, get up on the show, P.S. The first day playing with this, my best score was 18. Email me today in iOS at gmail.com and let me know your best score. Click the number. Let's see where I am by the next episode and where you are. Hi, Rob. Zachary Cloutier Stubbs here. I was wondering if you recommend any good video editing apps for the iPhone or the iPad because I have the iMovie app, but I want something a little bit better. Any listeners out there, or you know any good video at Indian apps, please tell me. Thanks for the awesome show, Rob. Bye. Zachary, thanks for the voicemail message. Folks, I am an iMovie user, so I'm not going to be able to help Zachary here. If anyone out there has a good video editing app that they like to use, let us know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know what video editing app you like to use other than iMovie. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I am fairly new to Instagram app for iOS. I am finding if I upload an existing photo to Instagram from my camera roll, it says a duplicate photo to my camera roll, which then means I have to go in and delete the unwanted duplicate. I don't want to have to do this every time I upload a photo to Instagram from my camera roll. So do you or any of the listeners that use Instagram or iOS know how to avoid this occurring? Appreciate any advice. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. And Steve, I am going to throw that one out to the listeners in the audience. 
if there's anyone out there who's a big Instagram user and can help Steve, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Leading up to Apple's quarterly report, I wanted to go over some of the predictions from the analysts out there. Thanks, as always, goes to Philip Elmer DeWitt at Fortune for curating all of this info. This time, I will include some Mac predictions, just because some of them are pretty high. A year ago, Apple sold 4.84 million Macs. This time, the average estimate from all of the analysts, pro, and indies is 5.58 million Macs. With Daya Baron of Stock Chats at the top of the guessing tree with 5.98 million Macs versus Colin Gillis of BGC Partners with 5.1 million Macs guessed. Next up is the iPhone guesses. A year ago, there were 51 million iPhones sold in the last quarter of 2013. This time, the average estimate is 66.5 million iPhones sold, with Kirk Burgess from Brayburn Group being the cherry on the top with 71.5 million iPhones sold as his guess, and Uncle Gene Munster from Piper Jaffrey with a guess of 61 million for his guess on the bottom side. My guess is Apple sold however many they were actually able to make last quarter. With Apple saying that, um, well, sales were constrained by supply and that they did not reach equilibrium until this month. No, well, I wasn't going to give a, a number, but oh well, you got me. I will give a number since I can this time through. I'm going to guess 69.2 million iPhones sold. Again, I'm never right on those. For iPad sold, a year ago, it was 26 million sold in that quarter. This year, the average for the last quarter is 21.5 million sold, with the top guess going to Peter. I went to Colorado and bought some cool stuff. Uh, his Missick, and he is from Jeffries, along with Uncle Gene. I went with him to Colorado Munster both with a guess of 25 million iPads sold. Yeah, all three of them there are high. To a low of 16.32 million from Aaron C. Rakers with Stifle Nicholas. If I was to guess, which I guess I'm going to, I would say it's going to be well under 18 million and go with 18.5 million for my guess. We shall see later on Tuesday. Look for my blog post on Tuesday going over the numbers. I'll send a push notice out when that blog post is up. But it might be late Tuesday. Just depends on how the blizzard here goes and if I can get to the hospital to visit my mom. That's why I'm in New York visiting my mom in the hospital who just had triple bypass surgery on Monday, which is today, earlier today. And then we got hit with the blizzard. So anyway, uh, mom. Hope you're doing well, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Which, again, is why this episode was being recorded using a different mic this week. And if you see my Twitter stream, you can actually see my setup on a bed with my laptop propped up on my uh, suitcase. And I'm using a cardboard box for the stand for my um, mouse. Very, um, very ghetto setup. And I'm using my iPhone for 
Evernote to read my notes for this episode. So good to have Evernote there where it syncs between my laptop and my iPhone. So Evernote is, it's one of my favorite tools and apps and I use Evernote all the time. Can't say enough good things about Evernote. And speaking of apps, a new app I just used to do a recording. And this was when I was flying out here at the end of last week. I used the app Ringer, R-I-N-G-R. If you search for the feed, search for actually Libsyn in iTunes and listen to the latest episode, episode 38 of the feed, you'll hear me and Elsie talking and we did as real world a test using the Ringer app as possible. And essentially what the Ringer app does, it makes it easy to do an interview with someone, sends out an invite, and then what happens is you record on your side, they record on their side, there's a Ringer app that they download when you send that invite out. And then both versions are uploaded to their server and combined. So again, check out episode 38 of the feed if you'd like to hear a good app for recording interviews. And it's just the first version, and I think they've done a really good job with it. And uh, it's going to get better. Some of the items we said in there that they needed to add, they are adding to the app. So episode 38 of the feed, and check out the recording that Elsie and I did using the Ringer app, R-I-N-G-R. And it is a free app. Hi Rob, this is Jeff in Arkansas. I had a quick question for you or the listeners. I have a problem where whenever I use the voice-to-text feature with Siri and I use my son's name, uh, she always ends up misspelling it. So my my son's name is Jamin, and we spell it J-A-M-O-N, but whenever I say his name, Siri ends up spelling it J-A-Y-M-A-N. Anyway, it's just kind of annoying. Uh, I'm not sure how to how to resolve that. I've I've searched around and found a few related topics that are that are similar. Like you can, I've seen where you can teach Siri how to pronounce a name or a, or a word based on a spelling, but this is kind of the opposite. So if I'm if I'm saying a word or a name, I want her to be able to uh, to spell it correctly. So if anybody has a solution to that, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. If anyone has a suggestion or answer, a solution for Jeff, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. For some strange reason, I have been experiencing some weird glitch that I experienced on my iPod Touch and now on my iPhone 5C where I can't delete a song on my iPhone even when I delete every song on my iPhone. That song will stay on the music app. Is it a hardware glitch or is it my phone or is it some weird thing with iCloud that I can't find anything on it on the internet on how to fix this? Should I go to Apple Store? Thanks for the podcast. Regards, Zachary S. Again, folks, if Anyone has an answer here for Zachary on how to get rid of an annoying song? If you had this where there was a song that you tried to delete and it wouldn't get deleted, what did you finally do to get this resolved? 206-666-6364-206-MOON-DOG or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. I was reading some articles on your website about Apple Pay and it made me think about how simple it is. And it got me thinking about other applications for Apple Pay. I help my family out every summer with a lawn care business they own. And uh, there are lots of places that have electronic security gates. My curiosity is I'm wondering if there would be a way to be able to use 
and Apple Pay-like experience with security gates instead of having to put in a PIN every time? And do you think there would be a way to send out temporary passes to other visitors so you wouldn't have to give out a PIN number? Love your show and look forward to it every time. Thanks for everything. And I did subscribe to your Casey Startup 411 podcast and enjoy it as well. Regards, Jason H. Well, Jason, thank you for listening to Casey Startup 411. And per your questions, uh, I would imagine it's going to have to be some sort of interaction with the hardware. This might be something to do with HomeKit and we'll see. Uh, I don't believe there's anything like that out there, but if anyone does know something out there like that, give us a call, 206-666-6364. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Luke. I've got a question about Siri for you. My daughter's name is Talia, spelled T-A-H-L-I-A. Whenever I dictate a text message to my wife, it comes up with different spellings, T-H-A-L-L-I-A or T-A-L-I-A. Um, is there any way that you know of to force Siri to always spell that particular name the way I spell it? I've noticed the same thing with Allison and the three different spellings of Allison. So if you could give me a hand, that'd be great. Thanks. Luke, thanks for the voicemail message. And if anyone knows an answer for Luke, which is also be the same answer for Jeff, we actually have two callers call in with the same question this week. If anyone can help Luke or Jeff, or actually Luke and Jeff, let us know how you can train Siri to spell the name of someone the correct way for you, but different from how Siri wants to spell it. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free 10-day trial to their 3,100-plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show and for the free offer. Before you go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback could be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it could be your question or rant you have about something else. An app review, product review, Good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And, of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. A quick thank you again to all that nominated Today in iOS for the Podcast Awards. For those that have not, please go to podcastawards.com and for the technology section, nominate Today in iOS for the podcast name and then add in todayinios.com for the website. Thanks again for your help on that. And finally, there is a new and updated TII app that is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released or we put up a new blog post, like it's going to happen tomorrow. Please go right now and download the TII app. That's you right now, not in a few minutes, right now as you listen to the outro music. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. 
Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 